And now it's time for Madison's Mad Facts with your host, Madison Standish. Hey everybody, it's Madison. Welcome to another Madison on the Air bonus feature of Madison's Mad Facts, where we look at the way things were in real life during these old-timey radio shows. Our latest episode is an adaptation from the science fiction anthology series Dimension X, 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 which premiered in 1950. The 1950s saw an explosion of science fiction that, to date, no other genre has ever experienced such a growth in such a short period of time in all of Hollywood history. So for this Madison's Mad Facts, we're going to take a look at the reasons behind the science fiction boom of the 1950s. Naturally, guys, there are going to be some spoilers, so listen to the episode first. Okay, to talk with me today about 1950s sci-fi is the voice of our Martian himself, Jerry Kokich, 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 Kokich. Hey, Jerry, sup? Hey, Madison, how are you? Considering I narrowly escaped obliteration from an invading Martian army, pretty good. So I guess we should begin talking about the atmosphere of America immediately following World War II. Well, post-war America launched into the expanse of suburbia and the beginnings of the baby boom as soldiers came home from the war. However, the euphoria at the end of World War II was quickly squelched by the rising fear of communism. Americans were witnessing the Soviet Union's takeover of Eastern Europe, and then, in 1949, the Soviets successfully tested their own atomic bomb. This, coupled with newly revealed evidence of the horrific effects of our atomic bombs, created a fear of nuclear holocaust. Add in the 1947 rumors around Roswell and UFO sightings, and you have an America entering the 1950s with a great deal of anxiety about ourselves and our future, which science fiction was poised to address. That sounds like a lot to take in. Yes, it is. And remember, this was the Cold War era. Most attempts at criticism of the American government's actions during this time were met with severe repercussions. Joe McCarthy and the House Un-American Activities Committee? Exactly. However, science fiction was set either in the future or on another planet, or the stories were so clearly fictitious that this genre of entertainment was pretty much left alone by the government. So, under the guise of sci-fi, Hollywood continued to create content that reflected the atmosphere of the period. Okay, give us the broad strokes of 1950s sci-fi. Well, you can break down the sci-fi genre of the era into four main themes. Extraterrestrial travel, mutants, metamorphosis and resurrection of extinct species, near annihilation or the end of the Earth, and finally, alien invasion and infiltration. Extraterrestrial travel. Let's start there. I think a lot of us, Gen X and younger, take for granted that humans landed on the moon. This was the 1950s, and the moon landing wouldn't happen until 1969. So what were these sci-fi stories about? The extraterrestrial traveling stories certainly covered America's fascination with going into space and discovering new planets and new species. There were some stories of a positive nature of unity where our space explorers met and were accepted by peaceful alien beings, reflecting our own unrest between races and other nations. However, more often than not, the aliens, generally Martians, were to be feared. These aliens took on the role of the Soviets and the communists. In addition, many of these stories emphasized the need for Americans to be first into space for the preservation of our way of life, which ultimately paralleled the real-life space race with the Soviets. So, mutants. Not the pizza-loving turtles or the sexy X-Men, I presume? No, no superheroes here. The early to mid-1950s saw not only more testing of thermonuclear bombs and hydrogen bombs, but also studies about the effects of these weapons on life in our atmosphere. In science fiction, this was showcased by the rise of destructive monsters that we could only blame ourselves for creating. These stories often involved never-before-seen monsters like Godzilla, 
one of my favorites, horribly mutated giant creatures such as insects or spiders in one of my favorite movies, Them, those were ants, or humans forever changed into monsters themselves. The growing concern of just what nuclear radiation could do to us, especially in the wrong hands, fueled these sci-fi stories. And speaking of bombs and destruction, end of the world stories. Oh, these were definitely the most pessimistic of the period. With the growing concern that we now had the power to destroy ourselves, sci-fi captured that fear with stories that showed us on the path to our own destruction. Often with a scientist who either could see what was coming but would not be listened to or believed, or a scientist so obsessed with pushing science that he would set in motion our demise. But there were also some optimistic versions of these stories focused on the post-apocalyptic nuclear world where humankind, putting aside its differences, worked together to survive and prevail. And now the genre that our episode of Dimension X falls into, alien invasion and infiltration. Invasion stories often portrayed the alien races as superior to Earthlings both in intelligence and technology, feeding off the American fears of the Soviets. There were stories of unbeatable armies, mind-controlling methods, and secret infiltration into our daily lives. Our script, The Parade, a story which was reproduced in several incarnations all the way up into the 1970s, represents exactly that. A superior force exploiting our weaknesses and infiltrating our daily lives, which ultimately brings about our untimely end. And there was no subtle symbolism there. Our weakness was advertising. Your character says right at the beginning that advertising and publicity are the backbone of earthly civilizations. Right. This script was a warning that Americans had become too complacent, too fixated on materialism, and too easily influenced by advertising. That if we weren't careful, we could easily be infiltrated by Martians or the Russians due to our own greed and focus on leisurely pleasures. And my boss, the publicity guy, was blinded by the money that was being thrown around. A comment on modern capitalism that even when the Martian wouldn't tell him what the product was he was selling, it didn't stop him. As long as the money kept flowing in, he was eager to please, and his is the main lesson learned. By the time your boss actually stops to question what is going on, it's too late and all is lost. America and the world will now fall. Sucks to be him. But even with all of this, sci-fi in the 1950s still wasn't mainstream, right? True which is probably another reason the government left them to create pretty much unchecked. On radio, up until the 1950s, most science fiction had been geared towards children with more superhero-type characters like Buck Rogers or Flash Gordon. Dimension X was an adult-themed show, and using adaptations of stories from well-known science fiction writers of the era like Ray Bradbury, Isaac Asimov, and others, drew more mature fans to the genre. However, the real boom of science fiction entertainment in the 1950s was at the movies. All of those super low-budget films that fueled MST3K for, like, a dozen seasons. Exactly. <laughs> While the production value was definitely on the lower-budget side, the stories were what drew audiences, especially teenagers. This was the era when the car was king, and drive-in movies were everywhere. The majority of the audiences were ages 15 to 19, and the sci-fi stories started to heavily reflect that. These movies were a release for audiences. Imagine being a teenager at a time when there were fallout shelters, nuclear bomb drills at school, a fear that communists could infiltrate your daily life. Why not go to the movies and laugh and scream at fantastic stories of science fiction? Well, Jerry, thank you so much for chatting with us about science fiction of the 1950s. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. You take care now. <laughs> you too, babe. I want to thank you guys for listening to our little bonus feature, Madison's Mad Facts, and get ready for new episodes of Madison on the Air to premiere the first of every month.